everybody, Daniel Ramsey here with my outdesk. Now I've got a friend, Cecil Cummins here. And today we're going to talk about him and his business and what he does. What I love about this guy, he's an international traveler. He's done some YouTube stuff that just blows my mind. And uh, what I really love about him is he's a real estate guy like me at heart. So we're going to talk through all that stuff. Cecil, thanks for being here today. Hey, Dan, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Oh, okay. So wait, you and I have a long history. We've been, we've traveled around the world a couple times together. Um, it, it's funny because I'm in this group, a men's group and um, Cecil, I, I'm super jealous of him because we're traveling around and this guy gets to go like, gets to go everywhere. And the women are just like, I love Cecil. My wife loves this man. And uh, I'm excited because he said, Hey, I'm a client now. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're a client. And so um, I'm just thankful that you're here and I'm excited to hear your story and also dive into like how you impact the world and do good work. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to be here. And uh, it's, it's funny and I'm sure you'll, you'll probably dive into these questions later, but you know, I, I, I would always do one-off you know, projects with virtual assistants on Fiverr and Upwork and things like that. And it worked, but I just needed some more consistency. And so finally, when I got to place on my business and I jumped over it at my outdesk, uh, it's just been incredible. So I'm very happy to be here, very privileged to, to be able to be on this call with you and excited to, to talk about the difference makers that it's been. Awesome. So you're a, a, a vice president at Hyatt Commercial and you primarily focus on helping business owners build wealth through real estate. Talk a little bit about that. And, and also what I love is you have a clear mission, which is unique in real estate. So let, let's talk through Like, let's give people a little introduction into who Cecil is. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so for me, you know, I'm all about passion, purpose, and results. And um, my goal, um, is to be able to influence economic landscapes of communities through commercial real estate. And so for me, when I got into this business, you know, one, real estate was a vehicle for me to be able to um, build a life and a lifestyle that I want. Uh, it's also, you know, an, a, a vehicle that I understand at a high level with a logical train of thought, commercial real estate speaking. And then being able to have purpose, right? Everybody talks about what, what's the difference between millennials and the other generations. Oh, millennials have to have a purpose, right? They have to be serving some greater, greater thing. Well, I, I fit right into that cliche in the sense that it, it feels good to be to be serving that that kind of higher mission. And um, you know, I, I know we've talked offline a little bit, but you know, being able to do a restaurant deal in a community and and help really like you know, you drive around the community and you see how much of an impact that restaurant being there makes on it. Um, which is, is really, really incredible. And uh, my specialty is sales. Um, I love helping business owners build wealth and invest in real estate. And I love just brokering investment sale deals, um, you know, and helping people, you know, level up their game with, with adding to their portfolio. And I love underwriting. I love problem solving. It's funny. Um, you know, president of our company asked me the other day because I was solving problems on this, on this specific project. And, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm doing forensic accounting on the underwriting, trying to figure out expense recoveries. And I don't need to go into those heavy duty details, but he goes, he goes, do you like forensic accounting? And I said, you know, I could never do it as a day job, but I love solving problems. And I think that's really kind of the best way to sum up what I do is that, you know, I solve problems and I do leasing as well on the side, you know, with people that refer business to me, I never turn down a referral and I help, um, you know, restaurants, you know, retail stores, office, things of the sort, but my specialty. And I think where I can serve people at the highest level really is in sales. So, um, and you mentioned it, but you're a young guy. How long have you been a licensed broker? How old are you? And then like, how did you get started? Like what brought you to this game? Sure. So I think I'm the last year qualified to be a millennial. I think that's 1995 is when I was born. 
there's there's probably a fluid break there because 96ers will probably want to be a millennial and 94s probably don't want me to be a millennial but uh, so I was I'm 26 years old be 27 this year I have been so highly commercial I joined November 27 2017 um, and we are in 22 we're in February 2022 now so I just finished my fourth year uh, in the business and I'm starting my fifth year in commercial real estate specifically before I joined Hyatt I think I was licensed for two years um, or maybe about a year and a half. Um, when I was in college, I got my real estate license with a few friends um, at uh, actually with Keller Williams, um, had a great experience with those people and, and that, that organization um, and was, you know, buying small, you know, row homes in Baltimore city for myself, you know, to start off my investment career, learned a lot of lessons. Uh, but then, you know, through a lot of experience that I was getting in the field and different things, I ended up doing some consulting on economic development work. We can talk about that if you want, but essentially that took me in the direction where I knew that I wanted to get into commercial real estate, specifically down the road development and, uh, and a lot of investment stuff. And what areas do you kind of focus I mean, give the audience an idea of what parts of the world you, you focus in? Sure. So I'm licensed in Maryland. Um, in theory, I can do a, a deal anywhere in the world. Um, there's just, you know, details on how you structure the way that we're compensated for our work outside of the state that I'm actually licensed in. Uh, but the, where I know the best is, is Maryland. Um, and I'm based actually out of Annapolis, Maryland. Okay, great. And um, so we're, we run a kind of focus on the virtual assistant thing. It's really rare to have a commercial real estate broker at a high level using you know, our virtual assistants, we have a handful, like out of, uh, I think there's 1900 virtual assistants. You're one of maybe 20 guys, 20 brokers that are commercial brokers. So it's a really small oh, really? segment. Yeah. It's a really small segment. And what always happens is, you know, I get on a, on a call with a commercial guy and he, they, or gal, and they always say, well, what is a virtual assistant? What can they do for me? And so <laughs> rather than me telling them, I thought you could tell them like how, what's the best way for a commercial real estate broker to use a virtual assistant to help them grow their business? Sure. Uh, well, my disclaimer would be that I, I don't know what the best way is, but I can tell you how I do it. Perfect. <laughs> um, um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want anybody listening as well. But I do it this way or he, do, he should do it this way. You know, I think, I think the, the beauty about a virtual assistant is that you can design it in a way that works for you. You know, it, it's not like, it, I don't, I don't look at it in the sense of like, okay, here's this box. And if you don't fit in this box, then it doesn't work for you. I, I don't think it's that way at all. Um, you know, for me, what I look at, and, and there's, there's two kind of, there's two tiers of people in the commercial real, real estate business that are successful. You have your one tier person that has, you know, been in it for a long time and they're really old school and they just have everything up here and they crush it. They crush it. Frankly, I don't know how they do it. But somehow, some way, they can just connect opportunities, remember contacts, like have all of this information up here. And those types of people, I don't know if they would if they would thrive with, with a VA or not. But frankly, I don't even know how they're thriving to begin with. It's kind of a freak of nature that they can just operate with everything up here. The yeah. second type of person is the person that utilizes a CRM, utilizes, you know, puts systems, infrastructure in place um, to be able to um, do, you know, marketing campaigns to, um, you know, enter in data, put notes on people, um, you know, really track clientele over long periods of time. Um, Simon Sinek wrote a book called The Infinite Game. And, uh, you know, he just describes that as one that is never ending. It's not, 
um, like a football game has a beginning and an end, right, for the Super Bowl coming up next weekend. We'll know that either Cincinnati or, or the Rams will walk away from that one with a with a uh, Lombardi trophy. But in this business, it's, you know, I could be working with a client right now and we could be, you know, really going nitty gritty, you know, for six months and then a deal just doesn't pan out and nothing happens. That doesn't mean that that's not a client or, or somebody that I'll work with in the future. Um, I could revisit them in three years and, and, and we could do the biggest deal of my life years down the road. So the, the biggest aspect of this business, I think, is so important is being able to prepare for the infinite game and not a transactional game. And um, and I think those have different approaches on CRMs, you know, in general, but it's all the more important to really have a system that allows you to track all the information that, that we take in on a daily basis on properties and on clients um, so that we can serve them at a higher level in the future. And if we're not doing that, um, I personally believe that we are not serving our clients at the highest level that we could be, or we're not reaching our full potential. I really personally believe that. And the guy in this office that does an incredible amount of business, he's very good at what he does. He doesn't use the CRMs at all. And I, you know, I tell him, I said, dude, I think if you use this thing, you could double your business. I really think you could. Um, but it, you know, at the same time, it, um, you know, it just comes down to whatever works for you. And so it goes back to, you know, what's the best way to do it? Cecil? well, you know, who knows if my way is the best way and, um, or not, but um, it's really been helping me and serving me at a high level. So going back to the end of that question is how am I using um, virtual assistants? So early on, I was introduced to you know, virtual assistants on a project basis with Fiverr and, and Upwork and whatnot. And they were awesome uh, for projects, right? One-off projects. You didn't have to spend a whole lot of money hiring or anything of the sort. You can get a project done. Um, and, and usually you can do a pretty good job and, and pretty inexpensively and pretty quickly. Um, so I, I really started to, to realize the, the best ways to work with them in the sense that you provide really clear instructions on, on what needs to be done and a really clear vision on what needs to be done. And I was working well. And then I started to see that I was spending, you know, a few hundred dollars here, a few hundred dollars there. Like, you know, you know, there was months where I was spending more than a thousand bucks on, you know, little project bases on virtual assistants. And I'm like, okay, now I actually have some money in the bank. Now I'm actually really closing some deals. It really takes at least three years to build up a business in commercial real estate. Last yeah. year was my biggest year ever. Um, I did more than the first three years combined. So there was, um, it was really, really special. And so coming together last second half of last year, I knew that if I wanted to scale up um, this year, oh, and really towards the later end of last year, but then scale up this year at even higher level, you know, you have to do something different than what you were doing before. And so to kind of come full circle, when I went to my out desk, my goal was to have somebody to come in and help me manage a lot of the nitty gritty details and administrative components of this business that need to be done. Uh, but aren't making me more money in the short term. And I say in the short term because a lot of those things will make you money in the long run, so it's still worth it doing it, but it's really not a revenue-driving activity. Um, an example might be um, you know, putting in contact information into your CRM of the 30 people you talked to that day and writing in notes. That's going to serve you at a high level down the road, but that's not making me money right now. So if I have 17 other deals in motion right now that I need to be working on or I need to be prospecting or something of the sort, spending time doing that administrative stuff is taking away from my ability to make revenue in the here and now. But I also need to plan for the future. So when I brought on um, virtual assistant with my own task, you know, my thing was, is I needed somebody that could specialize in and understand at a high level, you know, a CRM system, being able to navigate Salesforce, specifically I use Apto by Salesforce. Um, and I needed somebody that could navigate our marketing materials platform to help generate drafts of flyers. I don't have um, them create the, I don't have a marketing one. I have the administrative person. Um, but, but the administrative persons can still help inputting all the information, 
um, sure. for the marketing materials. And then we'll have a graphic design person finish up with the graphics and whatnot. I'll have them, um, you know, build out drafts of email marketing campaigns where they're not designing the template. I had a graphic designer design the template. And then I have the administrative assistant just putting in information into the template every time I need to send out an email blast, um, which saves me time. Every time I close a deal, um, you know, commission vouchers are going to be completed by them. If, um, you know, sometimes there's, very little inventory coming on the market. Sometimes inventory is insane. Um, usually when new properties come on the market, I try to you know look at all the nitty gritty details myself and better understand it. But when so much is coming on the market, you just don't have the time and bandwidth to be able to really look into seeing what's coming on um, and seeing if any of your clients match up with it. You have all these automated searches that are set up and you just start getting blasted. So I have these systems where I have um, a template form where they I send them the property, they just came in the market and I have them fill out all of the information on the template form about the property. And then they'll send it back to me in a one pager and I can quickly in 30 seconds, look, is this gonna be a fit for any one of my clients without having to do all that digging myself? Um, let me see here, uh, research. Well, I, um, I love where uh, you're yeah, going. I, I can because, keep going. <laughs> well, I like what you're, go I mean, I'm gonna, I wanna sum it. I think what it sounds like is running your CRM and doing all the administrative tasks. That's your highest and best use right now. How much yeah. time, how much time do you think you're saving, um, having that person in place so that you're looking at a one sheet, not running your CRM, you know, not putting inputting details into, into your, into your stuff. Like how much time do you think you're saving? Well, I think, I think there's two answers to that. One, yeah. the answer is what was I doing already that I could fit within my bandwidth and that's saving me that time. Right. But then the second thing is what was I not doing that I wanted to be doing, but I just couldn't justify taking away time from revenue producing activity to do it. Right. So I'm probably saving 10 to 20 hours a week. However, the other 20 hours a week is not just lost time or, or time out of nowhere. It's time where they're dedicated to helping me do things that I wasn't otherwise able to do before. Um, I mean, I'm using every bit of 40 hours and I, I was actually, I, I only did the six month contract the first and I think that already renewed. It might have, or it might have about to, but I'm, I'm renewing um, because I literally, you know, I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like my fear is, it's like, what if I have a whole bunch of tasks up front and then, you know, three or four months in, I realized they're only working 10 hours a week. Well, I haven't gotten to that point yet <laughs> at all. <laughs> in fact, I still have a long list. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, you know, again, probably at least 10 to 20 hours a week of, of like the necessary administrative things that I had to do that I just couldn't get away from. And then probably another 20 hours a week of things that I really wanted to do, but I could never justify spending the time to do it. Um, and then it would just, and that, you know, the value in that is just so much greater for me personally, because if I know that there are other things that I could be doing to increase my business or increase my revenue or like better administratively or indirect ways of increasing revenue, after a while of putting it off, it'll really start to weigh on me. You know, yeah. and because I'm not doing those things and, you know, comes a point where like, okay, well, you know, do I want to just work more or something like that? But then, you know, time is our most valuable asset. And, um, I think for me over the last couple of years, specifically, I started to slow down and enjoy a lot more things um, about life besides just work. And I've done, I still work like crazy, but, um, I don't know. It just gives you an opportunity. Not only are you saving time, but you're just taking pressure off because you know the things that need to be done are getting done before I might go through a whole week and it might be, you know, 10 hours of administrative thing that needed to be done that wasn't able to be done or, and then 20 hours of stuff that I wanted to be done that wasn't able to be done. And I would be going into that weekend with that pressure, just knowing that that was there hanging over. Um, and I would be able to get to a point, you know, maybe meditating or something, get to a point where I'm okay until Monday. Um, but then starts right back over Monday. And it's just like, so the, the 
pressure that is taken off knowing that these things are getting done and the time saved, I think is, is, is just as important. Yeah, that's cool. One, one um, concern that a lot of our, our clients have is that upfront training period. And, and like, you know, I think, I think you understand technology and being in a virtual world. Um, but a lot of people struggle with what they're not going to be in my office. I can't meet with them face to face. You know, how long is it going to take me for, to, to teach them? I mean, Maryland is different than Sacramento where I am in California. So like, a lot of people struggle through that. Tell them your experience with hiring a virtual assistant, selecting them, getting them trained. How long did it take? What did it feel like? And what, what, what best practices might you share? Sure. Um, well, one, I mean, I think um, you guys find great people. Um, so I, I did three interviews and all three of them were very smart. Um, you know, and, and one of them, I just, I thought was going to be the best fit and, and she's, she's been great. Um, so you know, that threshold of, of having somebody who's at least qualified to be, you know, starting is, is I think, really important. I think a lot of times on those one-off sites like Fiverr and Upwork, you're relying on reviews, which is great. But then the ones that are the best typically are the most expensive or just don't have the ability to give you the time that you need or deliver when you do because they're the best on those sites. Um, so for, for, for having that foundation there was, was key. Um, so the, you know, Jermaine um, Serrano is the person I work with. She's fantastic. Um, and so when she first came on, um, you know, she already had a base level of understanding. I think part of that is her past experience in other roles. And I think part of that is a training program that you all um, take them through. Um, so I think that was, that was key. But in terms of the training that I had to do for onboarding, um, I essentially had, you know, three or four major tasks that I knew that were going to be ongoing over time. And so I just did a Zoom video of me doing it. Because um, everything that I'm asking them to do, I've already done myself. I just did literally a Zoom video and I talked through every action that I was doing, um, just doing the entire thing. Um, and then um, had them, you know, watch those videos and then ask me if they had any questions. Um, and, and honestly, really, like, they picked up, she picked up really quickly. And I don't know if it, like, it's all because of the video I made, right? No, <laughs> but, no obviously not. But, um, you know, she picked up really quickly and, and you know, Every once in a while, there will be something where I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is something that we need to work through. We need to dive in. Okay, what's happening here? How can we, you know, um, adjust this? But really, that's just a result of me not giving proper instruction. Um, and so I think it comes down to um, when I, when she first started, the major tasks that she'd be doing on a regular basis, I did, you know, very detailed. We're talking like hour-long videos going through the entire process of what it is um, and different components so they could watch that. And then anytime I send over a task, um, if it's something new or something where there's not like a really solid training video for it, um, I will you know, do a very detailed bulleted list of, hey, here's the goal. Here's the purpose. Here's here's kind of why I want to do this. Um, and then here's the steps of how to do it. Uh, and then, you know, call me if you have any questions, text me if you have any questions. And uh, we actually, we correspond on WhatsApp um, all the time and the email all the time. Um, and, you know, I'll send, we'll send videos back and forth on WhatsApp um, and things of the sort. And, uh, oh, you know, it's funny. One other thing I didn't mention that has been, was not something I planned on having virtual assistant help with, but it's been great is, you know, everybody knows you have technical problems with your CRM system all the time, even if it's as robust and credible as Salesforce. Um, every time they go through a stupid update, I think there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, you know, so one of the great things is she's been able to help correspond customer service for me, handling some of that stuff. And I'm just like, oh, 
you know, it's just so great to be CC on an email <laughs> and not have to worry about it myself. And not be on hold um, so, for an hour. No kidding. No kidding. So I think for the training components, you know, creating really in-depth videos, showing it, providing really, really good instruction, but then also having somebody who already has a foundation. Um, I think one of the other great things about my own desk is, um, you know, there's been a couple of instances where she hasn't been able to figure out something and I was trying to understand how to explain it better. And she goes, well, let me go ask one of the other VAs, you know, in, um, that we work with or whatever. And she asked one of the other ones and actually she comes back and all that. She goes, oh, I talked to one of them. I had the answer. We're good to go. I'm like, okay, great. Cause I didn't even know where to begin on how to answer your question. I wasn't sure. And it wasn't that I didn't know how to do what she was doing. I was just trying to better figure out how to, you know, relay the, the, what I needed done or something. So that, that was a great resource as well. That's cool. What, um, what advice would you give other people who are considering hiring a virtual assistant? Like as they go through the process, they've never hired before, you know, as we kind of wrap up, what advice would you give to someone? I think what's been really helpful for me is to have, you know, cons- like, a, like a few consistent things that are done on a regular basis. Um, so that there's something that, you know, they're always checking, like for me, like she does my expense tracking. She doesn't do my bookkeeping or my accounting. I do that. That's something I'll probably need to outsource later, but I'm still a little control freak on my numbers, <laughs> but yeah. she does my expense tracking. So I have a platform that receives all of my receipts and then sends that over um, to my bookkeeping, but she's the one who processes all the receipts. I say that only in the sense that that's one of the continual tasks, right? Um, You know, I have a few other major tasks I should do. So what I would say to recommend to anybody is have a few long-term tasks that are recurring um, or long-term projects that will just take a long time that aren't a high priority. Um, And I say that because there will be instances of downtime with the urgent tasks and you always want to have them working on something. and so those long-term projects and the recurring projects are really good in case there is some downtime with the more urgent stuff. Um, and that essentially allows the all downtime to be eliminated. Um, and then the, the, in terms of the urgent tasks, um, you, know, you have to just figure out a way that works best with them on terms of managing those. Um, and typically what I'll do is you know, in any, and I say urgent, you know, I'm talking your daily emails that I'll send over, like, hey, can you help me out with this? Hey, can you help me out with this? I'll write the priority level in the email, hey, this is higher priority than this, lesser priority than this. This is higher priority than this, lesser priority than this. Um, um, because sometimes on the longer tasks, sometimes they're more monotonous. Sometimes they're just looking to you know shake things up a little bit. And so they'll jump into those immediate tasks. And so it's important, I think, to communicate what the priority level of each one is. Um, let me think, any other? No, I think those are, videos. Yeah. yeah, those are lovely, man. That, that, that priority thing is unusual. Most of our clients don't understand, like we're entrepreneurs. So we understand the priorities. We know where revenue is and where a nice to have, like, I'd like it done, but it doesn't have to be done today. So I think giving a virtual assistant, like a, a priority understanding is it, that's a master skill that a lot of people don't understand in leverage when you have employees. So it's kind of a cool thing that you, you articulated that. All right, man. Well, you know, it's, again, I was going to say, it was funny as I learned that from being an assistant myself from McCarthy. Um, and you can, you could tell McCarthy this because he would just throw so much at me and I would yeah. love it because I would just take it in stride. But they, I started to have to realize, I'm like, dude, do you want me to do these 17 things or this one thing that you just threw at me? And he's like, Oh, oh let's see. And then we literally would have to prioritize himself. Cause sometimes it's not even, even, even us as entrepreneurs and business owners, 
or if our thought process, we can understand, all right, this is important. This is important. Sometimes there is great areas where like, Hey, there's like six things that are really important. Which one do you really want me to put ahead of one another? So I, I that priority thing is really, really important. And McCarthy, uh, I learned that from him. <laughs> We're going to, um, we might name this like assistant to commercial real estate broker to having an assistant, the full journey and how you can succeed too. You know, I don't know. I don't know what we'll call it, but I think that's perfect. Um, per- well, see, so again, you're doing fantastic. Like I said, I've known you for a long time and um, it's cool that you had your best year. It's cool that you're a client and you're doing so well. And I just appreciate you sharing today, man. It's been great. Hey, thank you for having me. It's been awesome, Dan.